Welcome to the McCovey Croncast off-season edition. We're the San Francisco Giants podcast for SB Nation. I'm Brian Murphy, contributor at McCoveyChronicles.com. Uh, I'm Doug Brizzoni. I write about the Giants on Substack at GiantsDoug.Substack.com. Doug, how has the off-season been treating you? Brian, how can you ask me that? There is no off-season for real fans. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess I'm not a real fan, so... That's true. You're not. You're not. You hate the Giants too much. I like to enjoy uh, baseball from a remove. Um, let's go over what we what's happened since last we potted. Apologies. We intended to get one up before Thanksgiving, but um, I have Time Warner Cable, now Spectrum Cable, and it just sucks. So it wasn't working. No internet. All right. So the Dodgers lost in the postseason. Woo! I feel like we should... Yeah, we should get that done right up front. Dusty Baker is now a world champion manager. All right. Let's not yeah. mention the team he was managing. Just All Dusty right. one. Yep, that's right. Um, did I mention the Dodgers lost? Woo! <laughs> LOL LMAO. So, uh, the interview with the Vampire TV show on AMC is actually good. Who saw that coming? Jock Peterson accepted the qualifying offer. He was great for some of last season. He's not Aaron Judge. This is true. Uh, we're, we investigated. That's correct. We investigated. Carlos Rodon rejected his qualifying office offer. He was pretty great uh, most of last season. All of last season. Also not Aaron Judge. Okay. All right. I'll take your word for that one. Okay. <laughs> and the, uh, the Giants made a trade with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, I don't remember it, but I know it happened. Um, but it was not for Aaron Judge. It was not for Aaron Judge. We double checked on that one. The Giants re-signed reliever, left-handed reliever, Scott Alexander, avoiding arbitration. He was great at the end of last season. I only kind of remember him, but I'm pretty sure not Aaron Judge. No, I mean, if Aaron Judge was trying to throw left-handed, it would be funny if he went by the name Scott Alexander. That would be... <laughs> That's true. No one would suspect it. Miguel Yajure was claimed from the Diamondbacks. Not Aaron Judge. Barry Bonds denied the Hall of Fame again. Kind of Aaron Judge. Right. Uh, I would say this is for the final time in our lifetimes, probably. No, I think um, I think he'll be on the ballot again in a few years and he'll get denied again. Okay. Uh, but uh, I mean, I wrote about this where they put this ballot where it was he and Roger Clemens and Kurt Schilling. And, but then Fred, Gr Fred McGriff was there. And it's like, oh, that's like the ringer. Oh, got it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Pretty obvious. Um, the Giants signed Mitch Hanniger, outfielder from the Mariners, to a three-year deal. Uh, nice player. Not, uh, what's his name? Not not Aaron Judge, whom the That's Giants the made. Yeah. yeah. The Giants offered Aaron Judge a nine-year, $360 million contract. There was a draft lottery this year. They received the 16th pick in that draft. The Giants negotiated with Brandon Nimmo, center fielder from the Mets. Not Aaron Judge. The Giants were in conversations with starting pitcher Kodai Senga from Japan, who throws 100 miles an hour. Uh, probably not Aaron Judge. I have not seen video. Definitely not Aaron Judge, because okay. like Aaron Judge and Brandon Nimmo, he did not sign with the Giants. Well, that might just all be Aaron Judge. We don't know. He might be all of those players who didn't sign with the Giants. An Aaron nesting doll of, yeah, exactly. of other baseball players. Yes. So it's been an active 
completely negative offseason <laughs> and and that's kind of the recap i if there were other little details here that i missed i apologize ultimately it's irrelevant because i think what everyone wants us to talk about because this is what everyone wants to commiserate with is why won't anyone sign with the giants the top of the yeah yeah it's, it's either it's either that or brock purdy so <laughs> say those are the two things people will be interested in we're gonna stick on the baseball um brock purdy congratulations uh, even i'm taking notice and i, I didn't think that was possible <laughs> You know, I did forget one thing that the Giants did. They made a trade with the Reds after Farhan Zaidi was denied entrance into the Rule 5 draft. A, a, a perfect FU to the end of their winter meetings in San Francisco or San Diego. They traded uh, with the Reds, who drafted in the Rule 5 draft from the Pirates, catcher outfielder Blake Sable. And the Giants traded uh, him for for him for some cash considerations. So he'll occupy a spot on the 26 man roster, unless the giants say thanks, but no thanks, in which case he would have to be returned to the reds, right? Because the reds drafted him. So why would he go back to the yes. pirates? No, you tweeted no, because, okay. <laughs> um, because the pirates don't have his rights anymore. Yes. They traded those rights to the giants. So those rights come as the rule five draft. So he would go back to the pirates. Okay. The team they dra- that he was drafted from by the Reds. I see. Okay. So apparently they like his profile, good pitch selection. Again, left-handed and versatile uh, infielder, outfielder, catcher, outfielder, and apparently a pretty decent catcher. I just wanted to put that in there. It's not Aaron Judge. He's not Aaron Judge. <laughs> He's None not of these Aaron players. Judge. Are. Mitch Haniger, not Aaron Judge. We'll talk about Mitch Haniger. Sorry, Mitch. <laughs> we'll talk about him in a bit. <laughs> Definitely lost in the shuffle here. So, Doug, I know you wanted to talk about sort of the history of the Giants swinging and missing on all these uh, free agents. And we'll get to that in just a second. But I think this is one of the people on Twitter pointed out to us that this was the first thing that I rambled about in our first episode back this year, (laughs) which is the official position of the McCovey Croncast is that no top of the market free agent hitter will sign with the Giants. They'll use the Giants to drive up their offer elsewhere and that's exactly what happened here i understand that people are upset i think that's that's fine it's good for fans to be upset but this also isn't like a huge surprise not because doug and i have been saying this but just because all the exigent circumstances pretty firmly indicate that the giants options coming into the offseason were pretty limited when it comes to the top of the market am i way off base on that or are you just thinking something more miraculous needed to happen would have happened should have happened I mean, it's it's tough to say should have because <clears throat> there's individual reasons for all these players to not go with the Giants um, other than maybe like Senga. But like one of the things that I think Grant pointed out was that it's hard to, you know, take a, a player away from the only team he's ever known in free agency. Like if he's comfortable there and he kind of wants to go back, if they give him an offer that's close to what you're giving him, they're going to win. Um, that's what happened with the Yankees and Judge. Uh, they eventually upped their offer to match the Giants. And that's how they got him. Uh, we don't know what offer the Giants gave Nimmo. Last I heard, uh, we didn't see anything about that. Um, so it is kind of tough to do that. Uh, on the other hand, you know, you should be able to succeed at some point. <laughs> like, like, even understanding that, you know, there are going to be times that you're not going to win those bidding wars 
there will be times you can if you bid enough or if you do a good enough job selling uh, your organization and the big contract the guy's going to get. Um, I don't remember who it was. Somebody on Twitter was like, you know, maybe they just don't like Larry Bear. Maybe they're just like, oh, I got to sit down with this guy. No, 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 no. Bye. Why would that? I mean, yeah, that's as good a reason as any for why these things don't end correctly. The Giants could be hedging on their offers. You know, maybe they've never said, okay, this is what we're offering. Is this a take it or leave it? Like if they didn't take it or leave it with Aaron Judge, you know what? We don't know enough, right? We don't know exactly how it all went down, but they could have said this is, do we have a deal at nine years, 360? And then that would have just compelled them to say yes or no in that moment. But if they didn't, if they, they could have gone to the negotiation just as well saying like, we're never going to have, we don't want to be put in the situation of a final, like take it or leave it where we have to answer in the moment. We want to consider all options in a timely fashion. Maybe they arrange that, but certainly, you know, yeah. I, I, how they negotiate has to be a part of this. It could be 2%, you know what I mean? But it has to be a factor. And yeah, who wants to sit with Larry bear? No, nobody, nobody. Does. I mean, and you think about that giant ownership group, which when the deals are this large, I'm not repeating anything new or I'm not saying anything new. I'm repeating what everyone has said. And if it's conventional wisdom, I still think it makes the most sense when the deals are so massive, when these are not Jock Peterson one year, $6 million deals, these are ownership level discussions. So the player, the agent, they're all having the owners, some sort of interaction with them. And, you know, we know as Giants fans that the ownership group for the Giants is a wet turd. (laughs) You know what? That's kind of generous. It implies some sort of freshness. It is a stale, (laughs) dry piece of crap on the curb, all of them for without exception. So, you know, it's it it does. It would make sense that personality wise, there's something there that doesn't quite work. In the case of Senga, I wanted to say this. So Giants did lose out on Kodai Senga. We know from Mark Tolucci's uh, eagle-eyed reporting, literally <laughs> seeing that the Giants were, they, they had his his picture in a Giants uniform on the Giant uh, Oracle Park video board as Mark Tolucci was driving by. Uh, but in the case of Senga, it's sort of like, let's follow the tree of talent with the Mets. You know, the Mets have not had been as successful as the Giants in the last 10, 15 years, right? That makes sense. So how do they get like a Max Scherzer? Well, remember they traded for Francisco Lindor and then they offered, then Steve Cohen took Max Scherzer out to dinner and, you know, offered him this ridiculous three, I mean, a great three-year deal, but uh, very high until before then it hadn't happened, a very high AAV. So you've got Scherzer and you've got Lindor. And now, by the way, they already had Jacob deGrom, probably the best pitcher on the planet when he was healthy. So that would be one reason to attract Scherzer. They were bringing in a new manager, Buck Showalter, who who doesn't like that guy. So you have this tree of, of uh, you have like vibes, good vibes flowing in <laughs> one direction. And then they get Justin Verlander. So does Kodai Senga want to be in a rotation with uh, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander playing in front of New York crowds with Francisco Lindor already on the team? Or do you want to play in San Francisco with Logan Webb and sometimes Alex Cobb um, <laughs> getting your bet, your heads beat in by the Dodgers most of the time. That's the choice. And it didn't, doesn't seem like much of a choice at all, even if the money's the same. 
I mean, the money's not necessarily the, the same. One thing we have seen with Steve Cohen on the Mets, he will go way, way over what other people will pay, like you just said about Scherzer, to guarantee he gets a, a player to make the team respectable. It's it's a lot like um, what the Dodgers did in the first couple of years of the Guggenheim ownership uh, when Magic Johnson was sort of the face of the team when they were running $300 million payrolls to get the team back to a place where people respected them. Um, yes, and, and in so this case, Steve, Co- yeah, Steve Cohen has made that a priority in a way that the Giants have not and will not. Yes, because in their case, they're not playing from a position of we have to earn back trust and respect, right? They're still like, well, we've shown that we can open a stadium, win a championship. You know, this is basically stewardship of a golden goose at this point for them. It's less about having credibility with the stadium or with the fans because you've got a guy like Farhan Zaidi who's going to put together a team that's competitive. Let's, I mean, let's be honest. I think that's the thing people don't want to admit is that the Giants are going to somehow get a bunch of nameless platoon guys and be an 83-win team. Uh, let's put a little pin. Uh, I like what you said. I want to bring that back in the end about what the Giants are doing or why they won't. Because the obvious question from what you said is, well, why don't the Giants just give someone $50 million a year, right? And um, I think there's a reason for that. But yeah, let's go through some free agent disappointments because Aaron Judge certainly, I don't know, this one feels like the toughest one of all uh, of the of this century. We're talking about this century, right? Basically, yeah, that you can remember. Yeah, so free agent misses players either that the Giants were in on and lost out on. I'm going to say Vlad as someone they didn't even consider. That was hard. Right, yeah. Vlad <laughs> Vlad is a different situation because yes. <laughs> um, Vlad, you know, they didn't make a real offer to, so he couldn't spurn them. Yeah. All right, so get, kick it off. Um, so, I mean, for me, the first one I remember is, is uh, Greg Maddox, who there were a lot of rumors about Maddox coming to the Giants in, I don't know, three or so oh three or four something like that uh and then he went to the then he went he didn't <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he signed like, with the padres yeah i think that's when he signed with the padres maybe that was later then maybe that was like oh five or six um and you know not that greg maddox was particularly good those years but it's sort of like a cool thing to have a surefire hall of famer on your team um but i mean i i uh again i don't know if that is really this era of free agent disappointments because they got Randy Johnson in a very similar thing a few years later. So, I mean, free agents, that kind of free agent isn't necessarily looking at the Giants as garbage yet, uh, the way they are now. Um, so for me, it really, the, the real start to this was John Lester. Um, yes. When Bobby Evans very famously came out, came out at the winter meetings and said, we did not get a rose. Um, that was, that was such fun that we all remember. Uh, and, and it then got from worse there, from there. Yeah, it got, oh, it did. Lester, well, it got worse from there in terms of the players and all that. But my recollection is that Lester took it, took the time to say the Giants, he was put off by their approach. That That's my <laughs> recollection of what happened was he thought it was weird because Buster Posey was like involved in the negotiations and he he found their um, their cell strange, so it's not quite like an insult, but kind of. And this is after the Giants had won two World Series. <laughs> Wait, this is after the Giants had won, excuse me, three World Series. And he he very comfortably turned them down and then helped them really dominate the Giants when he pitched in that NLDS in 2016. 
I mean, look, I just kind of looked it up. He said very nice things about the, the negotiations. Who knows if that's true or if something else came out later. Uh, I don't know why I remember the sticking point of he thought it was weird, but maybe he just thought it was like I wasn't expecting this kind of attention. So here, here's what was in the Chronicle that offseason or the next season or something. He said, I loved everything about the Giants. Everybody that came in, the front office, Boach and Buster, it was awesome to meet him and sit down and talk with him about playing here and how his families enjoyed it. I have nothing but great things to say about those guys. Um, it was just liking Chicago a little better. And then a little bit earlier, he said the Giants uh, were offered more money. But for me, they could have offered me $300 million. It wasn't about money. It was about what we felt would be the right fit for us. So Larry Bear. Larry Bear. 100% <laughs> Larry Bear. All right. So John Lester, which um, I'm am, I guess I was ambivalent at the time about. This is not quite the same thing, but it still is because of the circumstances. But Giancarlo Stanton. You know, the Giants, you know, the Marlins were like, we're going to sell this guy. So everyone submit your trade bids and then you can meet with if we like it, then you can negotiate with him because he had a no trade clause. So it was essentially a free agent negotiation, right? You're negotiating to pay the rest of his ridiculous contract. Ridiculously large. Excuse me. I don't think it's a bad, you know, it's get that. That money, turned John out to Carla. be a pretty good, pretty good yeah. contract. Yeah. So the. The Giants just, they made their pitch that, you know, but again, that was versus the Yankees. That was the competition. And Giancarlo Stanton looked at the 2017 Giants and said, I don't want to go to the Marlins on the West Coast. I'd rather uh, play for the Yankees. And that's what happened. So, there. so what <clears throat> the first I want to just to be fair, first, Giancarlo Stanton turned down the Cardinals. And I just want that on the record. <laughs> <laughs> um and then and then it was the giants the yankees were not in it yet i mean he probably wanted to but after he talked with the giants and like thought about it for a couple days then he said he was only going to accept a trade to four teams and they were the four teams that had been in the championship series the year before <laughs> um so it was like the yankees and astros and then the dodgers and whoever the dodgers played i don't remember so offhand so in that case, it was Bobby Evans. So, well, it was Bobby Evans. And then another thing he said later was like, you know what really uh, made me think that winning is the most important thing is is playing with uh, uh, Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford in the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> so, Sick man, Buster, yeah. Buster Posey is so bad at negotiating with free agents that even when he doesn't do it, he ruins it he's able to get people to see what's really important to them inside their hearts. And it always exactly. a stiff rejection of the giants. <laughs> I guess one thing it, he wasn't on either of our lists of <clears throat> free agent that they, that he necessarily want the giants to have. Although I guess coming off of the terrible lineup in 2009, you're like, yes, but I guess we're totally forgetting Adam LaRoche is basically the first really famous like public rejection right that led to them oh that's having right to get yeah. Aubrey Huff yeah so <clears throat> they you know they needed a first baseman they wanted to improve their their deal he wound up signing I think a two-year deal with the Orioles am I making this up or the, maybe it was the Reds or the Nationals I can't quite it was probably the Nationals actually and uh, it forced the Giants or compelled the Giants to kind of then wait out the market and take a flyer on Aubrey Huff who had uh, you know washed out basically in Baltimore and then, you know, all the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then As had a, had yes. a good year and then uh became a monk 
in Tibet, and we've never heard from him since. It's always a shock for the Giants in this sense. In 2009-2010, it's like, oh, we just opened the stadium. We have this up-and-coming pitching. You know, we had Barry Bonds. Like, we're trying to win. We're trying to whatever. And Adam LaRoche, even at the time, was like, well, he's not like – this isn't like Alex Rodriguez or – you know what I mean? It's like the it's like one of the top flight free agents, but even he rejecting them to go somewhere else to stay on the East Coast, whatever it was, that was surprising and certainly an indication of like, huh, that's that's weird that they can't get whoever they want. You know what I mean? Like offering money. That was maybe our first inkling. With the Maddox thing, I need to circle back on this. Is this where the joke for the Maddox money? came in yes. on the Covey Chronicles. Great. That, that is it. That <laughs> that they were, um, the Giants had a certain peril that ownership wanted them to hit, but if they could have signed Greg Maddox, they would have, you know, raised it by like seven or $8 million or whatever to get him, yeah. to get him because he was a big draw. <laughs> and so they went with Barry Zito, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, count the rings. Yes. Yeah. So exactly. So Sean Carlos stand. And then after that, after that, Bryce Harper and uh, the Bryce, Bryce Harper explaining his process also depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's the one that really hurt because he's the most likely one to continue to be good. Like for a long time looking at it, which has happened um, in Philadelphia. Um, that's right. But for me, like, you know, there were questions about how Stanton would age and his injury history and like, you know, with Lester, you never really know with pitchers as they go on. And even with judge, you know, judge that contract can take him till he's like 40 or something. I mean, Bryce Harper was the perfect guy to just throw as much money as possible at. And he was like, eh, no. And so that's going again, adds to the question. Well, why didn't the giants just go match the Phillies offer or go three fifty, go big to make it clear. They want him get to that in a second. Kind of along the same lines of the Vlad thing. They didn't make an offer to Manny Machado. No, they you know, didn't. I think most teams were a little more down on him coming off that Dodgers year. Um, when he, he wasn't particularly good with the Dodgers. I mean, obviously he's great with the, um, with the, the Orioles. Padres. And the Padres. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, afterwards, yeah. They yeah. didn't know he would be great with the Padres. But then with the, with the Dodgers, he was fine, but not special. And then, like, there were, it seemed like there were some makeup questions um, when he was there. Like, people in LA did not like him. And so, I don't think the Giants were ever going to be in on him, uh, especially because, you know, they had a left side of the infield at the time. And hey, if you got to pick between Evan Longoria and Manny Machado, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And so, then that leads, that brings us to Aaron Judge. Uh, oh, Bryce Harper. Let's, close the thought there two things Bryce Harper he saw the the Giants were musty right that was part of the equation he saw Bruce Bochy was exiting the stage he liked Gabe Kapler's pitch to him isn't that <laughs> oh, the irony <laughs> the cruel irony um and also let's not forget that we all found out that the Giants were directly negotiating with Harper because of Ronnie on Twitter tweeting at us at McCovey Chronicles that he ran into Larry Bear in Las Vegas. So again, Larry Bear. So he, Bryce Harper met Larry Bear and he said, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We can surmise based on context clues or circumstantial unsubstantiated evidence. So then that leads us to Aaron Judge. And as Doug 
put it perfectly. Like, why would you leave situation you're comfortable in? Um, now I want to take a minute to just say congratulations to Aaron judges representatives. I wish, I hope that if I ever need an agent for anything that there is, they play the situation as well as they played this one. Yeah, it was it was great. They did that the fake TMZ video of Aaron Judge coming to San Francisco, like leaking it to oh, he's got a lot of interest. And I don't know how the the John Heyman tweet came about that like, yeah, he's 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 gonna go to the Giants. It looks really good. But I mean, you have to think all of that is what made the Yankees up their offer to judge, give him that ninth year. One more bit of that. The Time Magazine article naming him the ma- the athlete of the year coming out on that Tuesday morning, where it had the whole story about uh, in ten years I see myself in- as a giant, you know, playing in San Francisco. I hope that doesn't get out. They timed everything perfectly. Why did this happen? Because the Yankees embarrassed him or tried to embarrass him in spring training. So from that point, you have to imagine his people were like, "Let's set up a campaign." where the Yankees have no choice but to pay whatever we tell them to. And we're going to use the Giants, those sweet, stupid pieces of garbage, <laughs> to get what we need. So, uh, And it worked to perfection. Just bravo. Marvelous job. And uh, credit to the Giants for not getting emotional and saying, of course we knew they were using us. <laughs> because it's it strains credulity to think that it wasn't, they didn't think about that. He just hit 62 home runs. He broke the Yankees record. You know what I mean? Why would he leave New York? Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to leave New York in those circumstances. That's that's the thing everybody tells you you want to be there for. Like, yeah, it's your like, whole career. Yeah, you know how like they call prospects the first overall pick of the draft, 1-1, round one, number one? Being the star of the Yankees, the face of the Yankees, and like you're 1-1 in terms of baseball players. Yeah. I mean, that's it. There is no bigger thing you can do in baseball, like rightly or wrongly. Um, like, is that how it should be? No, I don't really care that much about the Yankees. Right. Um, I vaguely dislike them because I hear about them a lot, but I don't, I don't care that much, you know? Um, but you know, if you're in New York, then there's going to be all these New York newspapers, all this New York media. Um, and everyone buys into it, which means that, that perception becomes reality at some point. And then that is the biggest thing you can do. And if you're an athlete who wants to push yourself as hard as possible, that's, you want to do the biggest thing possible. That's where you are as a person. Yeah. I mean, Reggie Jackson, Derek Jeter, Aaron judge, theoretically you could do run, run that chain there of recent Yankees stars that everyone knows who everyone knows. All right. So why does this keep happening? You know, why don't the giants just give Carlos Correa, 12 years, $400 million or 13 years, $400 million. You know, they might, but, but it all boils down to the giants have a process. That's it. They, they talked about this in all the winter meetings discussions when they asked for anxiety questions about player pursuit, Gabe Kapler about negotiations, that kind of thing. And I think both of them said separately, we like our process. Like in talking about negotiating for players, not like when we get a guy in our system, we like our process to develop him. They're saying we like our process, meaning how we handle our business in approaching free agent discussions, which to me signifies that 
The Giants have their own internal calculations for war, wins above replacement, which is not like some surprising news. Um, and they have a dollar figure that they've come to probably based on their own market and revenue and you know all their all the Giants specific considerations. And so they have their own dollar per war figure. And then on top of that, they have modeling, like projecting age out, like how many, what can we project this guy to give us over the value of the contract? How much are we willing to overpay? Like what's sort of the the cost of doing business, whether that's inflation, marketing purposes, which is why you, you, you know, Aaron Judge is going to make the Giants so much money, especially in the first few years of just being on the team because he'll become the face of the franchise. So they calculate that in versus performance. So it makes sense that occasionally ownership will sign off on exceeding the internal projections, right? But they'd never want to get into a Barry Zito, Johnny Cueto, Jeff Samarja situation ever again. So they're not going to blow $50 million AAV on just anybody. The Giants probably have some year at which all of these guys are not going to be very good anymore. And that year will come during the contract. So like maybe for Aaron judge, they're gonna be like, he'll be really good. They think he's likely at least, you know, obviously you never know. He's likely to be great. The first three years, pretty good. The next two. And then after that, probably you're not going to get much from him or whatever. Well, that means that if you give him a not, and they're like, okay, so we can deal with a nine year deal. Those four years of, of bad production at the end, will be worth it for the five years, what we're going to get right now and the money we're going to get from it. But then you tack on that one extra year. They're like, then that's, that's more than we can do. That's like, you're having, he's going to be bad for half the time. He's going to be here. We can't do that. Um, like we, we honestly don't know what they're calculating, but they're also definitely factoring in a rough end of the contract. And at some point you just can't make it work uh, with the roster spot. Like, if you look at Albert Pujols, what happened to his career, I mean, he wasn't really good at any point that he was in He was in uh, Anaheim. Right. But, um, you know, the first couple years he was fine, and then he trailed off. And, like, you look at that as the Giants, you're like, well, we can't, we can't really handle that. Um, and so it's, it's a big risk if it's going to be too much of that in your mind. And complicating all of this is that the farm system is not a league average factory right now, which is what they really desperately need it to be. Because whatever you want to say, the Giants payroll, let's say it's going to be, you know, with all in, all their costs that there are are shadow costs that we publicly don't know what goes in the payroll. The player benefits, like their medical, their healthcare, like all that's an estimate, I think, 16 million a year, 16.5 million a year. I, I, we've mentioned this before. We don't know how much they're paying annually on that minor league complex in Arizona. Maybe they paid for it all at once, but I doubt it. That's not usually how these corporations work. They usually deficit finance it and then pay it off over time. So, but we don't know how much of that debt service is factored into the player budget, which it would. Um, those kinds of things are considerations. And it's like, if your minor league system is not giving you two win players, which is still asking a lot, but you know what I mean? I'm not talking about like six, two win players, but you know what I mean? Like that you could reliably dip down. And if not every year, every other year, you could find someone, a starter, you know, a, a backup catcher, whatever it is, someone who can help you get your, your model, you know, hit your model marks uh, for what you need from your platoons and all that, or your everydays. 
it makes it very difficult to justify we're going to spend a quarter of the budget on one player six years from now because you don't know what you're spending on the other guys now to cover, to paper over. Like having Aaron Judge the next three years does cover a lot of the the big donut hole in the middle of their development right now. Um, but so would Carlos Correa, which is why I kind of think he's still a legitimate target for them. He also doesn't cost them a draft pick uh, or any international bonus pool. So he doesn't actually hurt their development. And uh, anyway, we'll get to that in a second. So, I mean, to your point about, um, about like spending all of your, all of your, or like a quarter of your money on one guy, that's the Sabian quote. That's the famous Sabian quote about Vlad Guerrero. You know, the in a word, no, if we'd send Guerrero or Sheffield, we would have been without Brower and Ayer and Hergis and Hermanson and Tomko and all them. Um, yep. So, I mean, that, that's something we all made fun of at the time because we were like, they could just do it and get a better player. But there is something to that if you don't trust your farm system to give you, um, you know, a Pedro Feliz, even like not not a superstar, just someone who has a skill that makes him a major league caliber player. Um, if you don't, if you can't trust them to do that yet, and then you blow in 40 million a year on one guy. I mean, it is going to be tough to find a, a good team. Now, admittedly, if there's anyone who could do that with like minor league free agents, it would be Farhan. Um, if he's just like, yeah, sure. He'll just go out and find himself another Mikey Stransky. Uh, yeah. Why not? Well, but, that's exactly why they hired him for that exact yeah. purpose. <laughs> um, and also that let's all remember, this was the Dodgers model originally, which was, um, you go out, you, you have a farm system that'll keep giving you good players. And then eventually you go out there and you get Mookie Betts and you pay him a ton of money. And then maybe you also get Freddie Freeman and you pay him a ton of money and your farm system just keeps coming up with these annoying guys who know and who, you know, fans of other teams had not heard of three months ago who suddenly are Gavin Lux and they're annoying the hell out of you for six straight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the Giants need to get to. But part of that is, yeah, you got to be able to sign somebody who's good. And it's tough gonna... right now. Very tough. All that said, sorry, Mitch Hanniger. Let's talk about this Mitch Hanniger signing. <laughs> <laughs> so the Giants signed Mitch Hanniger to a three-year, $43.5 million deal on the day that, uh, the night before the judge news, right? Um, so <laughs> Mitch Hanniger will be entering his age 32 season. He's played with the Mariners his whole career, but he's from the Bay Area. And uh, he's happy to be, he's very happy to be a giant. So he's actually taking the Aaron Judge story and making it, <laughs> making it happen. Uh, I think his contract is adorable because it includes an opt out after the second year, which was like a, a nice throw in by the Giants. But this is, this feels a lot like the Tommy LaStella deal because Mitch Hanniger's injury history is, is pretty intense, even though his most recent one was a ruptured testicle, which, was a hit by a pitch. So not really up to him, but he's pole career. He, he hasn't, doesn't have like a great track record of staying healthy on the field. And he doesn't make the giants better than they were last season. He makes them better than they were at the start of the off season. I, I see him as basically replacing Evan Longoria in their lineup and my way off on that. I mean, it's, you know, it depends on which version of Mitch Hanager you get, right? If you get the 2021 version who hit um, 39 homers and was, a really good player, then sure, that's an improvement. If uh, you get last year's version, who was not himself for the 57 games that he was in, 
Um, I mean, he was still an above average hitter last year, but not not like a special hitter. Then yeah, that's gonna that's gonna hurt a little bit more. Uh, Decent defender. That's another thing. He but if nothing else, he provides a nice DH platoon situation with Jock Peterson potentially. Yeah, I mean, it's he does he can do some nice things for a team. But he's not gonna really jump the team to a, to the next level, which is which is what they need. You know, they need someone who can come in and be a star and who you rely on. Who like, oh yeah, because like you know, you get to the some big situation in the game, you want the guy on your team. You're like, oh hell yeah, you know, Aaron Judge is up, Carlos Correa is up, let's do it. But like, if Mitch Hanniger, they're like, okay, yeah, this could work. You know, it's it's like uh, Wilmer Flores, right? Nice player. Sure. He, maybe he'll be clutch for one of the years he's around. But then the other years, he'll probably be fine. And so, I mean, you, you want somebody who you can trust, who you're like just waiting to see up there. And that's not Mitch Hanniger. For me, it's been Austin Slater versus a lefty. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's when that's, I'm yeah, like, exactly. that's when I get excited. <laughs> like he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna smash this guy so hard. <laughs> so I have to bring up this tweet from Brooks Knudsen uh, on Twitter, and because it's amazing, it's just it's just incredible. Uh, Giants fans, we are so lucky that we got to see three <laughs> world titles in such a short amount of time. Because over the last fifteen years, this is the tweet free agent hitters outside the Giants organization. So this isn't extensions like to Posey and Belt and Crawford and all that play hitters outside the organization who received a three year or greater contract from the Giants. And the list is this Mitch Hanniger contract, three years, $43.5 million. Last year, Tommy LaStella, three years, 18.75 million. 2016, Denard Spann, three years, 31 million. And 2007, uh, Aaron Rowan, five years, $60 million. <laughs> and I, I had to like go, go into oh, a different yeah. room when I read that. <laughs> Aaron Rowan did not finish that contract. <laughs> cut, cut in September of year four. Remarkably, I looked this up because you would just assume that he was like a negative six win player. No, he was a positive 3.8 Fangraphs war player because he was a great defender. And yeah, his first his, his first couple of years he was worth a little under like two wins a year, uh, and then after that he he fell off. In four years with the Giants, he slashed 253, 310, 394, 310 on base percentage. Hey, good job, Aaron Rowan. I would have <laughs> never thought that. Uh, basically, four years of this year's Mike Yastrzemski and Darren Ruff. That's Apparently, thirty-one percent uh, of at bats did not end in him being thrown a slider outside. Oh my god! <laughs> so many people are listening who have no idea that there would just be comment threads, just like just slider away. He's going to swing right. slider away. Denard <laughs> Span every time. That's right. Denard Span would did not finish his contract with the Giants in after two years. He was traded to the Rays as part of the Evan Longoria deal. And Giants won had, that trade, by the way, just for the record. I would Evan say Longoria so. was like a good productive player for the Giants. Yeah. Uh, 269, 330, 402, seven, basically a 732 OPS in two seasons. Um, 1.8 Fangraphs wins, but he was, he was basically generally 
slightly negative on offense and defense for the league averages. I mean, do we need to talk about the Tommy Lestella deal? It's a nightmare inside of a disaster inside <laughs> of a, a turd pie. It's he, it's he shouldn't finish out the contract with the Giants. Whether he will is an open question. But I mean, you have the Aaron Rowan deal to look at, right? They cut him. <laughs> they just let the last year go. So, but Tommy Lestella um, was signed because he was like impossible to strike out, right? That was the big saber yeah. nerd thing about him. Um, I don't know how health never factored into it, but there we go. So, and he's going to um, get 11. I want to also actually, sorry, finish up your thought about Tom Lasella. He's going to get 11 and a quarter million this year. And then even taking it back to their previous three-year contract, you know who that was to? Dave Roberts, <laughs> who did not finish out the contract with the Giants, got DFA after year two. So the Mitch Hanniger deal... <laughs> <laughs> Theoretically, he could opt out and that wouldn't finish the deal. But, you know, I think he's probably just going to get hurt and they're going to DFA him and all that stuff. Oh, boy. So that that's the history of Giants signing free agent hitters to three years or more deals, which so that means it's probably a good thing they didn't sign Aaron Judge. <laughs> exactly. Now, you don't want to DFA Aaron Judge after year two. No. That would be Although, a very bad look. It'll be very interesting to see how Jock Peterson does this year because then you could say he they basically had him for a two-year, $25 million deal. How did that look? Um, but it, it's worth remi- reminding everybody, Jack Peterson was really good this year. Just don't look at his fielding metrics. He should have never been in the outfield whatsoever. <laughs> and so maybe between he and Hanniger being the DHL be something. So then that gets us to sort of this final idea. The Giants started the offseason saying they wanted to get younger and more athletic. Seems impossible given given who's left in the field of free agents. It doesn't preclude a trade. We heard Brian Reynolds uh, asked the Pirates for a trade. Would the Giants go back there somehow? But anyway, Doug, I want you to take this first. Are, are there any deals you think the Giants will make, or if you'd rather like giant deals you want them to make? I mean, at this point, you kind of have to throw your checkbook at at Carlos Correa. And be like, just just write it yourself. It's fine. Whatever. Whatever you want. Because <laughs> um, you need that star. I mean, you know, I know Otani's a, a free agent next year. They're not getting Otani. No. If you can't sign Aaron Judge, if you can't sign Carlos Correa, if you can't sign Brandon Nimmo, you're not getting Shohei Otani. Like, Otani came in and said, you know, you know, why is he soured on the Angels? Because they don't win. So you have to show him before he comes here that this is a winning team. He can expect it to be a winning team for most of the time he's around. He's not, he'll take the meeting. He'll, he'll maybe say nice things to the media about the presentation or whatever. Like, yeah, they're doing a lot of really interesting things up there. I don't know. And then he'll uh, get uh, the same deal from the Yankees and take it immediately. Um, Here's how I think that the Otani thing could potentially happen or what increases their chances. That's what you said. They've got, you have to start with, if you have any shot at getting Otani, you have to get Carlos Correa. Yeah. If you get Carlos Correa, you're not sacrificing a draft pick, so you're not violating your development plan. You are spending 13 years, $400 million on a guy who's not going to play shortstop the whole time. And you're creating a weird, see you later, Brandon Crawford, we know this is your last year situation, but <laughs> you are adding a great player who's not going to cost you other, it's just money. And you're potentially boost, boosting interest. On top of that, what would that allow them to do? 
they could just re-sign Carlos Rodon. <laughs> That's still a possibility. So now you've got Correa and Rodon. And now let's say because you have Correa that you could maybe trade Luciano or someone and get Reynolds. So then you'd have Correa and Rodon and Reynolds. And then maybe you just bring back Brandon Belt. And now you've got a pretty good lineup, I think. And uh, and you're competitive and you're showing that you're serious about trying. Uh, and you also can extract good value out of players. Maybe. that that If we're talking about Otani, I totally agree with you. They're already dead in the water unless something happens this year. Yeah, I mean, it's you don't get Otani unless you sign Correa first. Like, unless he sees it, that this is a team that's serious about winning. Because, you know, for, for six years, he has been on a team that has not won and has has been like, yeah, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, that should be enough, right? Yeah, just just go out there and do it. Um, and, you know, he, he can't, he's not going to do that again. He's not going to stick around for that. He's not going to sign uh, for a place that, that will do that. And Carlos Correa, you know, the good thing about Carlos Correa, and I've been saying this all offseason, he will sign with whoever offers him the biggest contract. He is as much of a mercenary as anyone could be. So all you got to do is go out there and win. Um, and that's on ownership. You're, we're asking people, we're asking losers to do something they've never done before <laughs> when in negotiation. So we know they're not going to get Correa. So maybe pick out a, maybe if you could think of one, Doug, throw out a, a move you'd like to see them make in lieu of, of, uh, Correa. Oh uh, man. <laughs> I'm like, who, who's even left? That's the problem. Like, so my, my joking prediction before the off season was I think Michael Conforto and Brandon Drury. Um, because I was like, that seemed like about what they would end up with. Right. Right. Well, we heard that they were interested in Christian Vasquez. That was a, that's a catcher with great defense that they were potentially in on and can hit a little bit better. Uh, it seems like between Vasquez and Austin Wynn still being on the roster and getting this Blake Sable guy that maybe the giants are like Joey Bart's not, you know what I mean? Like it's not a given or he's not that he's not so important to us. So, I mean, again, if we're talking about Brian Reynolds, you've got Luciano and, um, and Ramos and Bart, and maybe you can volume upside potential them into giving you Brian Reynolds. Is Brian Reynolds all that great? I'm not sure. I mean, he, he, he had an amazing season last year. And then he was half as great this year. Is he already in decline? Who knows? But he is an interesting player that they'd have under control for three years. I I, I did some giancy snooping of the list. Chris Bassett, we know they're out on in terms of starting pitching. Or and, and they if, should be. He's like thirty three right now. Yeah. Like they, if they want to get younger and more athletic. Yeah, and also, I mean, he seems like a guy that they would target, but he costs a draft pick, and he's going to cost at least what nineteen twenty million a year. So it's like it's not it's not like you're signing Alex Cobb, right? So there's a lot of different circumstances there. So I just want you, everyone to realize the longer this goes, the chances of Justin Turner getting a deal increase <laughs> because of the Dodger connection. Uh, but also there's like Andrew Benintendi, who's a great defender. Um, Corey Kluber still out there. Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling, big Dodger guy, had a nice season with the Blue Jays. And then, this, and then here are th- um, three real quick guys. So Danny Mendick, Teehee, uh, was with the White Sox last year, but he plays shortstop, second base, third base. Um, he has a 
in the minors, he had a 10% walk rate and a 16.8% K rate. That's in 2,300 plate appearances. In the majors, he hasn't quite played all the time. Uh, so it's like kind of like maybe a, an NRI or a cheap one-year deal, thinking like a Donovan Solano type, but someone who can play all the, the middle infield and third base. He also looks a little bit like Gabe Kapler. <laughs> we all know your theory on that one. Yes, yes. And then, uh, and then I'll, I'll just cut down to, I would like to see them go after Joey Gallo, but maybe they're seeing his swing decisions as a big issue. Uh, Cause it seems like Joey Gallo would at least occupy the Cody Bellinger frame of like good defender and potential upside, but maybe not. So I'll just get to this. I have had, I have total confidence in the giants pitching staff to find another Alex Cobb or, you know, drew smiley before him and do something with a guy whose value is in the middle. Noah Syndergaard, right there. 30 years old, sinker-slider guy. They like that combination. His sinker, even though it's like 93-94, was a minus 12 runs against last season. And, and when you're talking about run values on StatCast, negative is great. So it was, that was really good. Maybe they have a pitching plan for him that could juice up that slider some more and, the, and increase the fastball. He's two years removed from Tommy John. He's only 30 years old, and, you know, Syndergaard was was a co-star with the Mets when he was with DeGrom. So it seems like a guy whose value they could, you know, they could spit shine, polish him up a little bit. For me, the, the giantiest guy available still is probably Nate Evaldi. Like, he oh, just you like feels... Evaldi? Oh. No, he feels very Giants to me. He feels like someone they would sign to like a three-year deal and be like, we can, we have something. We can make him a little bit better. Um, and, you know, he was fine. He was really good in 2021 he was uh less good last year he just feels like what the giants would do um i don't know i guess he was i thought it was, I, I, oh he i remember him being worse this year because he didn't pitch as many innings it's why um because he was hurt um but like he feels like the giants would would come in with some plan and that they would they would have a way to like you know, Alex Cobb him, right? Increase that that fastball velocity by a couple miles uh, and then watch him be good for a while. Miss, you know, he'd still miss seven or eight starts this year, um, but that he'd be a productive player when he was there. That's why he feels like what the Giants would do, even though I don't particularly want them to. Again, you need younger, more athletic people who are not going to age out of their best years. And that's not Evaldi. Evaldi's already 32. Uh so yeah, I, and he he it would they would need to up his slider some. He's much more of a fastball curveball split finger guy. He'd be interesting. I his fastball is at ninety five. It, it was averaging ninety seven basically in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I kind of was thinking he would be a guy who's he's already had Tommy John. They might be on the way out. But so everyone getting frustrated when we're talking about these guys. It's like look, even if they had already signed Aaron Judge we would still be talking about these guys because that's the way the giants operate. So listen, how about this giants fans? If you started the off season and it was the giants are going to sign Carlos Correa and Carlos Rudon before no Aaron judge discussions. Let's say the spring training deal had happened and it's Correa and Rudon and then whatever else you would say. That's a exciting off season. People will be like, okay, what else? Well, you got Mitch Hanniger, you got that Sable trade, and you got whatever Jock Peterson one-year deals Farnsidey can find another Alex Cobb to whatever. That's all still in play. 
which is hard to keep in mind, right? Because of what happened with Judge. But that's all still in play. So everyone, buck up. <laughs> that's, that's right. That is, is that is Brian Murphy <laughs> on the McCovey Croncast telling you, hey guys, don't be so pessimistic. <laughs> I mean, this could all go south, go sideways, but you know, no matter how much money the Giants spend this offseason, they're not going to be better than the Dodgers. Padres spent all that money. They're probably not going to be better than the Dodgers either. And that's just the reality. So you're hoping to get lucky, but obviously you're hoping to get enough players in here so that your luck breaks. When it breaks your way, it breaks away in, in a way that really helps you instead of just gets you into that third wild card. So anything else you want to mention, Doug? <laughs> uh, I think the Giants should sign Carlos Correa. They won't, but I think they should. I agree. Strongly <laughs> agree. Uh, all right. So if if the Korea news breaks, we'll be back. But otherwise, uh, we'll come back in January and we'll talk about whatever else is going on and uh, see who this year's Jock Peterson is. See who this year's Alex Cobb is on these deals where you're like, OK, whatever. Um, that turned out being very integral to the 2023 team. In the meantime, Doug, uh, what, what are you up to these days? Where can people find you? You can find me at giantsdug.substack.com where I write twice a week on whatever Giants news there is. Do you think that the Giants, if they strike out on all these free agents, do you think they just dump $50 million into the Trump re-election campaign? <laughs> um, no, I think they're going to wait and see if DeSantis gets the nomination. Okay. I think, you all know, right. you don't want to be financially unwise with these things. So that is the uh, depending on what kind what side of the fence you're on as a Giants fan, there is a potential upside to losing out on Judge and Correa. <laughs> <laughs> so if so, if Giant Pain is listening to this, uh, I write at McCoveyChronicles.com a few times a week, so check that out. I think maybe I'll get on my horse and finally finish this Gabe Kapler similarity index, <laughs> so we can start measuring uh, the Giants signing players who look an awful lot like their manager, which is a little weird. Until then, <laughs> take care. Go Giants. Go Giants in the free agent market.